With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, whatever time it is in the, around the world. We welcome you, welcome you for coming to listen in to what we have to offer today. This is another episode of In the Author's Corner with Etienne. I'm Etienne, yours truly, <clears throat> and we're coming back. Pardon me with my throat. <clears throat> we're coming back with a show we started to do last month, but we had technical difficulties. But we're here today now. Here we go. I'm very excited because we have two gentlemen who know about autism from personal experience as well as professional experience. I'd like to have them introduce themselves to you right now, and we'll get to know them. Robert, would you go ahead and tell us, our audience, who you are and your background, please? Hello, everyone. My name is Robert Schmooze. I am a like I am 32 years old from outside the Philadelphia area. I am a licensed <laughs> clinical social worker in both in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I I am an self self I am an autistic self advocate. I I I grew up with autism autism all my life. I my I am. I have gained a great experience from this, both personally good. and professionally. Well, that's good. That's good. Stop right there because that's good. Let's go ahead and get to know a little bit about Nick now. Nick, would you tell us about you, please? I was diagnosed with, my name is Nick St. Clair, and I was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. And wow. at that time, I had an obsession with cartoons for a very uh-huh. short time. I was born okay. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I was raised in the South Jersey area and okay. for 20 years. And I am currently working as a custodian in the school district. But in my free time, I love to draw and I love to do artwork as I was inspired by watching so many cartoons in, <laughs> during my childhood years. Cartoons so, on TV? Yeah, I, 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 love, I love cartoons. Love cartoons. I can okay. I can give you a whole list of them. <laughs> but, oh my um, But yeah, um, I I love. Um, but that's what got me to start drawing. And from 
And later on in my life, I shared my artwork to many, many people in New Jersey. And eventually, when I, in 2018, I ended up doing a speech for one of the organizations and which yes. got me to motivate me to help people with autism. Okay, that's great. Well, Nick, I would love to have some of your pictures so we could put it up and let people know who you are and what you do. So after we get through the Absolutely. show, let's talk about that, okay? Absolutely. Very good, very good. Okay, well, let's go back to Robert. Robert, I have some questions I'd like to go ahead and ask you, as I will, like I will also ask Nick. So what, what, what are some of the topics you'd like to write about uh, Robert, um, well, I, well, and I, usually I write different topics on autism. Like I talk about you know, certain okay. things autistic people go through. For example, like self-esteem as well as anxiety. I've thought, talked a few times about how you know we, how aut- autistic adults who are over the age of 21, how there there has to be things to help them transition into adulthood. I've actually spoken on these topics many times in the past. I've also talked okay. about employment within the autism community. Okay. As well as how autistic people, how there's this, there's this, from the outside the autism community, there's this um, notion that autistics need to be fixed, which, on, which I as an autistic person feel that is greatly, inc- very inc- very much incorrect. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go any further, could you please explain what autism is to the audience? Well, autism is a neuro... Neuro... Is it... Well, it's interesting you ask that because <laughs> to me, the, the autism is just thinking differently. Okay. Like some, well, let me, put it another, let me put it another way. I, I know sometimes it is used as the term autism spectrum disorder. Is that what the same thing that you experience, you and Nick? Mm, well, you know, growing up, it was always like thought of some, it was always taught to what, like to me, for instance, like from my personal experience, like when I was first diagnosed at fifth, when I was 15, mm-hmm. kind of, First seen as something, though, you know, that's something we had to cure. That's why I was, I was told, or something like disorder. But as I grew up, knowing how I think differently, knowing how I see the world yeah. differently, and knowing how I, my being autistic, personally for me, like everyone's is past, every autistic path is different. But personally for me, I was actually using my autistic skills, and actually, they've actually helped me through life. Yes, there were some struggles, but yeah, but but it helped me greatly throughout my life. Well, you went on to get your master's degree. Not only that, but you got your license. Not only that, but you have your own private business. Fantastic! Yeah. So you were able mm-hmm. to mass it step by step by step. Amazing! Yeah, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let me turn to uh, Nick a minute and see. Uh, what he would like to share with us. Nick, I have a question for you. Yeah. Similar to you, what, what what inspired you to start 
to draw? I know it was your cartoons, but what what particular cartoons? Cartoons in the comic books or cartoons in, in, in movies? Well, when I was, well, I, I dimly remember this, but when I was very young, like the, like you say, around like two years old, I was always in my room. And my uncle was, uh, my, I had an uncle that did murals for kids' rooms. Like my, uh-huh. my sister's room has like a bunch of cartoons on the wall. And my brother uh-huh. and I share a room. So we have Barney as, Barney in a Phillies uniform because we love Philadelphia sports. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, we had Barney in a Phillies uniform, Mickey in a Eagles jersey, Bugs Bunny in a Sixers jersey, and Yosemite Sam in a Flyers jersey. Uh-huh. But from there on, I, I just kept looking at them. You know, that, that's all I simply did. And then I would go downstairs and watch TV and watch cartoons all uh-huh. the time, and it was the only thing that I could do. And it carried into elementary because it was hard for me to communicate. But cartoons always kept me. They all, they always kept me happy. And they always kept me in my own little world. And when at the age of 12, I remembered... I remembered why I, I remembered. Um, I, I just I had an epiphany myself one time, and I just thought, what would it be like to have my own cartoons? Because uh-huh. at that point, I watched almost all the cartoons, like all the Nickelodeon cartoons, Cartoon Network, like Hanna Barbera cartoons, like the Flintstones. Yeah. All those nickel uh, cartoon uh, network cartoons, even like internet cartoons, like you would look up on YouTube or something. Yeah. So that's what inspired me to draw. Well, was your drawing done in black and white, or is it in color? Were they in color? Some of them are black and white. Some of them are in color. So oh, it's okay. Okay, well, that's good. You're welcome. Covered. You got it well covered. Black and white and color. Okay, great. Well, I'm pretty well, pretty well rounded. <laughs> well rounded. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. All right, let's go back to uh, Robert. Robert, what about uh, mm-hmm. what inspired you to write your experiences? Well, you know, I when when I was younger, like I used to write poetry, and there were some a couple short stories I wrote, um, uh-huh. and I. And I felt that that was something I can really util- – a skill I have that I can utilize with spreading advocacy okay. and also talk about um, myself. And I feel like it was a great um, great platform for me to do it. I've, okay. most, of my, most of my writings have been done on a, on a website called The Mighty, which is a, which is a platform for people who have like – who have like – not just autism, but, you know, mental health. Um, chronic illness for them to like um, talk about their lot talk, talk about ways to help them others with similar like similar things um, go forward yeah. with their lives. Yeah, and it's actually really and those articles actually that I wrote have actually helped spread advocacy. Well, that's good. Are those articles mm-hmm. on the internet? Yep. Good to you. 
Oh, well, go ahead and mention them. Where where can people find them? Um, they're on the the Mighty. And how's that? How's that spell, please? Um, M I G H T Y. Okay. The dot com. Yep. Okay. Great. 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 Okay. Listen, before we go any further, let's present the call-in number so that folks can have any have if they have any questions or comments, they can certainly call in. Our number okay. is five one five six zero five nine eight one two. Listeners, if you have any questions or comments, please by all means give us a call. Number is five one five six zero five. Nine eight one two. Okay, Nick, you have something you want to share with us in terms of your question? Um questions. Like um what challenges did I face dealing with autism? Is that the next question? Okay, that's a good start. Yeah. Well, I can definitely tell you some challenges in my childhood. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sure, I remember okay. I remember when I was very young at five years old and around that age, and I had a hard time communicating with other people in school. Oh, I had no. a hard time. I had a hard time. Like, I, would, I would talk, but I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't put it in a sentence correctly, or when I'm feeling something, I can't, like, I can't really, I don't really know how to express it that much. And that's why, and sometimes I would get angry, sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes I get angry at the minor inconveniences, some of the times, maybe most of the times. I mean, it's, 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 it was definitely a lot when I was younger for my family to deal with, but I always had that obsession, that narrowed obsession with cartoons that kept me, that, that, that kept me, like, you know, being happy all the time yeah. Yeah. And, and enjoying my life and enjoying my own little world. So that was one of the things I had a problem with, with autism at a young age. And at the age of 12, going into middle school, I noticed that the social environment changed significantly from in an elementary school, like in the United wow. States. We, you know, we would have assigned seats and sometimes, you know, just to kind of get a little organized, you know, keep a little, ourselves a little organized. And sometimes we'll have like, we'll have a schedule and stuff and we'll always, you know, we'll, we'll, the teachers will pick our partners and things like that. But in middle school, it's all different. They would let us, you know, you know, we'll, we'll, you will hang, people will hang out most of the time before class. Mm -hmm. That's how it was in middle school. So it was very different for me, and I had a hard time adapting to it at first. Okay. That was the well, second challenge dealing with autism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to you in a minute, but let's go back to Robert and ask. Robert, how did you get uh, into motivational talks? For me? Well, yes. for a while, when I, once I was diagnosed, like I was, 
it wasn't until hmm, it wasn't really until I, I believe until I was right after grad school that I started doing motivational talks. I, I it started with one of my professors from grad school. Yeah. You know, she, she, you know, I, I disclosed to her that I was autistic, and you know, she wanted to hear more of my story. And wow. From then, yeah, and then she, once I graduated with my master's, like she asked about how, what can, like how can I, she asked if I can like speak to some some of the classes. Wow. At, at, at Children's Hospital. And I was able to do that, and I was, my first one had to be, like, in 2013. And from then on, like, it's just people wanted to hear my story. They wanted to hear about the things no, I, no. I went through. And it, yeah. I spoke with, with them, and I spoke with at the University of Pennsylvania, my, my graduate alma mater, my, yeah. my undergrad alma mater, which is Concordia College. And then I spoke with Drexel wow. and all different types of organizations. So was it at that time, excuse me, was it at that time that you ran into Nick? Uh, I ran, Nick and I met around 2019. It was 2019. Yeah, 2019. We met okay. because... Uh, I'm sorry? Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Yeah, we met in, around 2019 through... Uh, a mutual friend of ours named Denver. She, I know her from, from like from an old from my previous job. Like, yes. And she was an educational advisor, and that, and things went up. And she helped us with, with Nick and I with with our first talk, back in January of 2020. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you you she was she was really great. She really knew. She really knew her. She really knew her autism community. Well. Oh yeah, sure. absolutely. So Nick, tell me, did you go along and do some motivational talks too? Thought about like what got me into public speaking. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yes. I got it. I well, I had some thought about public speaking before I met Bobby. I remember when I first started making and what I call the autism poster, but we'll get to that in a, we'll get to that a little later in the, in the next question. But, um, after I, after I wrote it, I thought, I thought to myself because I overcame like all the challenges of autism, of course, like what I, what I mentioned before. And there are some of the challenges I mentioned before, but, Excuse me, but as soon as I got in, as soon as um, I started getting, I wanted to get into college to get into communications and public relations because I thought I, yeah. I thought I wanted to kind of wanted to be a motivational speaker for people with autism because I felt like I overcame a lot of challenges with autism mm-hmm. simply. Okay, but over time I learned a lot, and I learned a lot. And in 2019, Denver introduced me to Bobby. And I met Denver mm-hmm. through an art gallery grand opening mm-hmm. that she had. And I, I asked her, Denver, 
what can I do to help out the autism community right now with my artwork or with my story? Yeah. And that, uh, and the rest was history. That's all I can yeah. simply say. Well, that's good. Only quick question I have. When you say Bobby, you're talking about Robert, who's there with you? Robert, yeah. Yeah. That's me. Okay, okay. Because there's a lot of Bobbies in this world. I just didn't know which one you yeah. were talking about. <laughs> all right, good. no problem. No problem. Fantastic, fantastic. Gee whiz. You guys are heroes in more ways than one. I I, I was impressed when I first met you, Robert, on uh, LinkedIn. But I also did something else that I think you know about. <clears throat> I, I, I created a, um, what I call a tribute board on on uh, Pinterest. Now, what does that mean? Yes, yes, yes. Nick, you're in there too. And I didn't know how to get a hold of you with enough information, but I figured we'll get to it when we get to today. (laughs) I can give you my uh, phone number if you need it. it. Okay, we'll get to that off the line, yeah. But the thing is, you are a role model. You are a role model. You are showing people and helping people to do what you're doing when they need help. That's fantastic. That really is. So I commend you both. And the way I commended you both is by putting you on a, what I call my tribute board so that people know what you are, what you have been through, what you are doing and what you have been through, and how you're helping others. So I'm very happy and proud to have met you guys. And I just want you to know this. If any time you have something you want to talk about or any way I can be of help to you, the door is always open. Nick, privately. Robert, privately. Individually. Yeah. Collectively, whatever it is, let me know. We're here to help. Again, the reason why I'm so particular fashion about it is because I come from a social work background too. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's go back then to Robert. Uh, what are some of the difficulties you have you might have experienced experience or face as an adult? Well, you know, some of the difficulties it real well, one of them is a big major one is finding em- employment. Because yeah, you know, and like this, you know, a person with an autistic person might be able to, would have a skills like brilliant job skills, definitely brilliant uh-huh. job skills, like work ethic, wonderful work ethic. Many people in the autistic community do. However, when mm-hmm. it comes to getting a job, it's gonna be difficult because you have one of the things they have is the interview process, and yeah. you know that especially. Like, like, especially autistics with like difficulty with social cues and social skills, that could be yes. something that's be extremely difficult for 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 them. And and of course, like every autistic is different. Me personally, that was something I had difficulty with when it was when I was trying to look for a job. Like it's through the through the you know the interview process. Yeah. Like that was something that you know I had to learn. 
through doing multiple interviews. Another thing is, you know, make having like making sh- knowing with like a difficulty is with you know continuing um, working on social skills because you see like where where I'm from like in this part of the United States like there's they have autism services like that the state the state provides but they yes. only go up to the age of 21 and then after that they they don't have those types of services anymore it's it's called in the autistic community falling off the cliff oh and, my goodness yeah what a title <laughs> however like it's getting so much fortunately it's getting better depending on the state like i know mm-hmm. like this i live in southern new jersey but i but I'm close to Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania, like, they have adult autism services. They're not perfect, but they're gaining more, like, helping with employment, helping with, like, gaining social skills, with financial services, behavioral help needs. Go ahead. So, it's just... Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, those are some of the things that I find that can okay. be. Wow. But you, you, you can persistently move forward regardless of what the difficulties uh, might have uh, been. Absolutely. To me, like well, that's good. I have to move forward. I have, have yeah. to keep on going. Yes. Good. 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 Good for both of you guys. Yeah, amazing. Oh, my goodness. Let me take the time out to explain our call number. Audience, there's no audience call in right now, but nevertheless, there's our number, 515-605-9812. Keep in mind, our show is recorded, so if you're not able to listen to the show at this convenient time, the show is what is recorded and you can listen at your convenience. However, you cannot call into us because we the studio studio number will not be available. But if you wish to call in at the time when the show is available, give us a call. 515-605-9812. Okay. Nick, you want to go up with something now? Or do I have a well, question for you? That, there was a time that my... Uh, family, there was a time my family found out that I had autism. Okay. But I remembered when I found out that I had autism. When I was a kid, you know, I was always enjoying myself, but later on, I found out I had autism at the age of 13. Well, and how did that affect you? It bums me out a little bit at first. I mean, it, I didn't selfish. I just want to be like a simple playing kid. I didn't, I didn't want to be any different than anybody than just that person. And yeah. But then I looked. But the, you know, I didn't really like being different as a kid. I guess I guess I could say, in yeah. terms of social, in but in terms of social stuff, but. It, it, it did bum me out for a while, but then I looked back at what I did as a kid, and I realized that maybe those are some of the behaviors that people in elementary elementary normally don't do. 
So exactly. I that's when I accepted autism into my life. And even started, you know, telling a few people in my circle that I had autism. Mm-hmm. But the biggest breakthrough was um, was uh, the next question on who has helped me on my journey with autism. Go ahead, then. Who, who did help you? Well, when I was younger, just being diagnosed, I had tutors come into my house. My mom was willing to research, like, the tutors that were available at the time because autism – wasn't as mentioned back in the 90s as, no, it, is, as it is today, mm. let alone has it been diagnosed. Yeah. So my yeah. mom had to find, you know, autism services, and they found me some tutors. That's the first part. When I was, when I got old, when I got, was younger, I had my family help me out most of the time. My family yeah. helped me learn, like, values and principles and morals, and my aunts and uncles and cousins have gave me, and gave me teachable moments, too. And then the third, the third phase of high school and adulthood, I have, um, I have had, a, I've had a handful of some very good friends of mine. One of which his name is AJ, who has helped me go out a lot, helped me get out the house as a teenager, and helped me make friends in my area. Okay. I had a best friend named Eddie, who helped me, um, looked out for me all the time when someone was trying to take advantage of me. And he was one of the people who has a tattoo of, um, of a puzzle piece on his, uh, on his wrist in honor of me. And I appreciate him for that. I have three, I have uh, a couple other friends who have puzzle pieces on the wrists as well. Uh, thank you. So you you were a superhero on his wrist. And they have, um, they have helped, and those are among the people that have helped me with autism the most. That is fantastic, there, Nick. Nick, I have a question for you that yes. uh, could work for you. I don't know if you've done it yet or not, but those folks you're talking about who help you out as your heroes, have you considered writing a book about them? It doesn't have to be an extensive book. It could be a coloring book about them. Have I ever thought of writing a book about them? <laughs> that is a good question. I, I that, that thought has popped up in my mind every now and then. Uh, writing a book and including my friends in the history of Nick St. Clair. That sounds good. That's, that's an interesting question, buddy. I, I, I thought of that. I thought that. Let me modify it for you. It doesn't have to be a written book. It could be a comic book. It could be a uh, color, coloring book. It could be whatever you want it to be. But I think well, it would be... that easy for me, man. I hate writing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to write it. Sounds I write no. stuff on my notes. I just don't yeah. like it much. Go at your level, man. Go at your level. You have the talent to go at your level. Put it at your level. And those folks who help you will get their picture in your book if you decide to do that. So that's my suggestion. Uh, it is a great okay. suggestion. Wow. Okay. Is. I'm going to check in with you a month from now and see how you're doing. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go on. What else do you have, to, Nick, you want to talk about? Um, 
Well, let me ask you this. What made me draw the autism poster? Yes, exactly. I was just about to ask you that. Let's see. Well, this story came from a tattoo artist who had a tattoo shop at the time. And he was having a little event called Tattoos with Autism. You know, they... Okay. You, you get it tested when some of the money will go towards, you know, an autism charity. Yes. So me so me and my family, me and my brother have a matching tattoo. My sister and my mom have a matching tattoo on their ears. And okay. I have and I have a very good friend of mine, like I just mentioned before, had um Eddie has put a tattoo on his wrist with a puzzle piece. And I thought uh-huh. that was, I thought that was a symbol of how I overcame the autism stigma. And the big and the most logical reason is because people with, like a lot of people with autism, have a trouble with friendship mm-hmm. and maintaining yeah. it, let alone maintaining it. Yeah, absolutely. And with networking, I mean, forget about it. I mean, I, 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 I could, I have loved. I, I love that day ever since, and I and I remembered it ever since. And oh, a few other people have it. Like I said, they um, thank you, Christian and Willie. I thank you for that. And um, definitely um, ever since I drew the autism poster, I think it was uh, I had a quick hiatus in 2016 and 17, 2015 16, okay. but. Then in 18, I started really drawing all the autism posters and putting them in the libraries. And it became like the library galleries. Yes. That they, some libraries have galleries, some don't. But anyway, they had, um, they gave, like somebody, instead of like asking me to buy their artwork like they usually do, mm-hmm. someone came in and asked me like, hey, would you hang out with my son with autism? I had someone ask me that, like right, like right in front of me. I was like, "Yeah, I'll wow, do that. that's amazing." Yeah, and the and then there was another time I had um, somebody came up to me and they wanted me to do a speech on um, just a simple speech, and then he, mm-hmm. he gave me he gave me some questions, he gave me prepared questions and everything. But long story short, I did a speech in front of like sixty people. It was my first speech, and I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got through it. But I, but I did the speech anyway, and it, and it felt really mm-hmm. great. And that's where, <laughs> that's where, that's where it becomes other works besides the yeah. autism poster. For sure. Yes. Yes. Robert, and are that's you there? The public speaking. Um, Very good. Not at the. I was, I don't believe I knew Nick at that time. Okay. That was, okay. that was before that. It was 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, okay. Um, then from there we had we had uh, you know, that was tw- then um, excuse me. Yeah, 2019 we met. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow, it's amazing, isn't it? What you can accomplish when you when you don't think you can't do it. See, that's a double negative there. We think we can do it. I was writing something this week about my aunt yeah. when I was wanted to swim. In fact, I wanted to swim yeah. where the big guys were. I was about ten years old at the time. If the big guys would swim out to the to this um, 
I forget what you call it. They had, they had the the, the uh, pool there, and then they had the. I remember. I don't remember what what they had. But the point the point is, they went out. I could go out too. That's what I thought. My aunt looked up from the sand and looked at me because she couldn't swim. She looked at me and says, hey, you can. You know you can't swim. Come on in. And I, at that time, lost my ability to even swim. I didn't know I was swimming because I didn't. Well, let me put it this way. I didn't know I was in the deep portion because I was only used to being in the walking portion. And the point is, how did I get there? And I didn't know that. Nobody was there to tell me or help me to show me how to do it. And what I found out was if somebody tells me or if I tell me that I can't do it, then I don't get to do it. But in the meanwhile, if I'm doing it, what happens? I get success. And that's kind of what you're doing, It is. It is the truth. It makes you think you can't do it. That's what it is. Yes. Exactly. 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 I am so impressed with you two gentlemen. Um, (laughs) Superheroes, I want to say. Uh, Robert, let's go back to you about... um, Something about having anxieties, you've made it difficult for you to, to function at some time in, in your life? Yeah, because, you know, there's, with me, the anxiety and social situations has always been, like, something that's been, been a struggle for me. Like, you know, oh. just, I, yeah, and also, like, the, the anxiety of having, like, it made me, like, feel like the world's coming to an end or made me feel like, you know, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not doing something right or I'm not, like, I'm not being productive as I should be, you know, yeah. if I, so, like, that type of situation always, like, and, you know, especially when I was younger, that's actually, let me, let me tell you a story. It actually coincides with my official diagnosis. You see, like, I okay. used to have, like, I was always anxious during social situations because I had difficulty with social cues growing up. Like I was able to okay. have friends and get involved, but it was always like something that, you know, I didn't, I've always had thought there was something different about me. Like, you know, there was always yeah. because, because I didn't, I didn't think like everyone else. Like my thinking was so different. Like I, I I'm wired differently. I kind of, okay. the way I see things, I see things differently. And, you know, and, but also with that, you know, there's also been times where my, I would have social anxiety. And then I, you know, and and it got to the point, like, when I was in high school, like, I it became so bad. And I remember this. I was, sophomore, I was a sophomore in high school. This is uh, February tw- 2005. I uh-huh. had a, basically a nervous breakdown. I had to be hospitalized in a crisis, in a mental health crisis mm-hmm. unit. Yeah. Yeah, and and well, it's like it was the most it was the toughest most of, one of the most, most toughest moments of my life. Being yes, in, I could imagine being in that being there, and you know, I was able to you know meet with psychologists, and you know, like they were able to go through like my my past, my past history, you know, some of the characteristics mm-hmm. that I have, and that's when I was found out that I was autistic. I was officially diagnosed oh. then. 
My parents have told me that, you know, a psychologist when I was 10 years old say that I could be. However, it wasn't until I was 15 that I was fully diagnosed. And once I heard about what autism is, the characteristics, especially high-functioning autism, well, at that time it was Asperger's, but now it's like fully autistic now, I everything made sense. It was like... It was like the characteristics, how I, how I act, how I see things differently, like anxiety in social situations. It all made sense once I found out that, that about that diagnosis. Wow. So how did it help? How did it help you to carry on academically, get into college? Well, you know, it helped me because one of the things I, in my office. Because it's like I have narrowed interests and I can focus on something for a long time. And that helps me with focusing on my studies. Okay. Yeah. And you were persistent to continue moving on one little step at a time, huh? Yep, absolutely. Good. And now look at you. You have entrepreneurship, have a partner with you. And you doing wonderful things. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep doing it. That's what we're going to keep doing. <laughs> That's yep. what you're going to keep doing. There you go. Because the next step is... If it takes it take going around the world, I'm down. Me too. I'm, I'm yeah, up for there that. <laughs> there you go. Because now you have learned to leave the negatives behind and move forward. No matter how difficult it might be, you still can get it accomplished. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really great. It's really, really great that, like, it is really great that we overcame a lot. Like, we can definitely, like, like, and I want, I want to encourage this from other people with autism too. Like, with other, other people, like other spectrums, because I, I have a good answer to how we can relate to people with autism. Like, how could normal people relate to people with autism? Because that's what we got to, I mean, that's what I would love to figure. That's what I'm sure we would all love to figure out. But yeah, one of my biggest things is what about showing our obsessions? Yes. Uh-huh. Showing, like, showing our interests. Showing what we built, you know, yeah. through our interests, our creations. Yeah. When we... That's exactly how, that was my icebreaker, how I went through the nervousness of, you yeah. know, talking to somebody. Because yeah. I, I, it wasn't all that great either with me when I was growing up with autism. And I was certainly picked on in school, but not constantly, but I was definitely picked on in school more verbally. Oh. But, yeah, it kind of sucked. But most of the time in school... I would always show my cartoons as an icebreaker, and it helped me, you know, have a good uh, supportive peers for me. You know, I was able to get some people. And then in high school, I when I start to know how to talk more, people, yeah. you know, I was able to eventually make good, you know, connections with them. Mm-hmm. Nick, that's what I'm about to say to you. You were able to come up with your own solution. You came up with how to use your artwork. You came up with how to speak to folks, to people. And it worked for it's you. It's the tip of the iceberg. I had I, yeah, I, mean, I had a lot, I took a lot of credit to a lot of 
people who helped me in my yeah. journey with autism, family, friends, yeah. even some peers and coworkers. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing what this world has has brought yeah. me into. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's amazing. Let me go ahead and put that number out there again for our listeners. Our number is Oops, the kitty cat came in here. Oopsie. Well, let me go ahead and go my cat wants me to feed her. <laughs> the number for us for the listeners to call in would be five one five six zero five. Nine eight one two. By the way, keep those numbers to uh, Robert and Nick, because you never know when we have a another author who might be talking about the topic. Please to call and listen in and uh, pass on whatever you would like to call. Okay. What do we have next in the agenda? What are some of your influences that you might have experienced, Robert? Um, well, I guess, you know, some of the influences, it, it was a, a variety of influences. Like I, like in, growing up personally, my family's been a big influence. Um, oh, that's good. Many friends, um, also teachers and, and clinicians and, and therapists. Oh, as well good. as, you know, like. I, I'm an avid reader, so a lot of different authors are an influence yeah. on me. Like, like these authors include like Maya Angelou, William S. Yes. Burroughs, Hunter yes. S. Thompson, Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut, J.D. Salinger, um, no. Charles Bukowski. Uh, also, like different authors such as you know, as well as John Steinbeck and F. Scott Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Wow. These are all authors you've read? Mm-hmm. Wow, amazing, amazing, amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be like you, Robert. That's a phrase I like to use. It's a humorous yeah. phrase. It really means I pat you in the back for what you're doing because if I were your age, I don't know if I'd be going through how you did it. But for me, what happened to me was, I'll share this with you. I didn't have any male history or male family to go with. But uh, when I was in college, there were two people, two gentlemen, two two, passengers, (laughs) pastors. They saw the potential in me that I didn't even know I had. And they encouraged me to do something. And like I said, I didn't know I was moving, swimming. That was before they were even involved. But the point was, they saw the potential in me. And one helped me when I was in the Air Force to work with child abuse cases. And it helped young officers or young enlisted people who did not know how to become productive young husband, wife in the military. So I got a chance to work with that, and doctors saw the potential in me. I didn't even know I could help them with that, <laughs> but it was there. point that really makes me excited because we all get the opportunity to have opportunity. 
we all have opportunity to have motivation. Motivation. It is amazing how it works, doesn't it? Okay. Could you believe it's almost uh, it's almost an hour we've been here? I tell you, it's going to be yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on because we have about ten more minutes to go. Uh, is there anything in particular you want to talk about about your future, Robert? About about what now? Coming up in your future. What's coming up uh, ahead? Well, well, I know um, my feet. I see myself. Well, first of all, I'm getting married next year. Oh, congratulations. A beautiful woman named Joya. She's also autistic. And I'm very excited about that. She's the love of my life. Wow. Congratulations. Now you know what that means. It means you have to be on a show with us. All right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. We have to have a show with you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And what about you next? Your wedding bell. Well, well, I can give you a couple other pieces of artwork I've done. My autism posters aren't the only thing that I've worked on. Okay. Of course, before the autism poster, I've all I love flip books, and that intertwines my love for cartoons. So I always loved cartoons. Great. I had a sketchbook that I would always carry around with me in high school, and throughout high school, I had a notebook for each one for each year, and I just drew and drew bunches of doodles and comics and all kinds of like all kinds of doodles that you can think of and later I think as I started working after high school I started doing sketches I started getting drawn better instead of just doodles I started drawing where I would just get a picture on my phone and just that's that's all I would simply do and that's how I would get it you know, just draw it for observation, simply. Oh, did the, and that's how I did the sketches, and the, that's before, mm. and then the autism poster. And yeah. for the future, I would love to look into making woodwork, wooden Ooh. furniture, and yes. making mass produce. I'm hoping to mass produce prints in the future. And I mm-hmm. would, and um, I'm. All, I want to get into. Uh, I would love to. I would love to get more into public speaking. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind me piggybacking off that, I, my future, I do mm-hmm. see myself doing a lot more um, public speaking, especially in different parts of the country and the world. Yes, exactly. And this is one of the ways to open up this, your name. In your abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, if in any way could be of help to you, let me know. We'd glad to do that. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I think all the, all my future is as simple as his. All it comes down to is just because I, I love artwork a lot. I would love to use yeah. my artwork as a way to, you know, get myself an opportunity to help people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. That's, That's the result that I want, the result I'm getting right now. And I hope to make it bigger. Definitely. Internationally as well. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, we we winding down. Is there any particular questions you have as we get ready to wrap up? Either either mm-hmm. of you? 
Um, no, I think we, on my end, I think. I've, yeah, I don't, have a, I don't have a whole lot of good questions. I don't have a lot of questions, really. Yeah. Say again? You did? No, we don't, we don't do? really have a lot of, we don't really have any okay. questions, really. We're just thinking, really. Mm-hmm. I don't want to push you beyond the point where we're just filling in space. No, 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 no. You could always do that another time. What I'd like to do then is reel the number, and then we'll wrap things up. And I don't want you to leave me soon because I have a way to con- connect with you with the the mic off. So at this time, let me go ahead and wrap things up and let our audience know we had the guest of Robert Schumitz. Is that, is that correct, Robert Schumitz? Robert Schmutz. Schmutz, okay. And Nick Sinclair. And together, these yes. two gentlemen have a entrepreneurship. They are <clears throat> advocates. They do motivational speaking. They help folks who have what they have going through themselves, autism. Well, Robert and Nick, I want to thank you very much for taking time to be with us, to share with us, and go from there. Thanks again. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Yes. Anytime, oh, anywhere. Yep, it's a pleasure. <laughs> okay, okay. What I'll do then, we'll wrap things up, and don't go. Stay on the phone, and I'll talk to you off the air. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.